Hello, everybody. Welcome to our first lousy voice. <clears throat> excuse me. Our first TV episode of Sci-Fi Watcher. We're back once again. We are going to tackle the show, The Orville, the Seth MacFarlane Fox sci-fi adventure show. Glad you can make it with us. We'll be here every week doing this show all the way up to in the beginning of season two at the end of December. I'm Corey Shrett, and joining me as always, my friend, Mr. Brian Lee. Brian, what's going on over there? Hey, Corey. Good to be here. It's like old hat here. Ah, gotta love it, gotta love it. I'm excited about this one because when we were rebooting the show, we were retooling the show, we're like, what TV show should we do? And you said, hey, Orville's coming back at the end of December. And I'm like, you know what? Let's knock out the first season. It's 12 episodes. We've both seen it and we can get a good refresher on it before season two comes out. And we'll slide right into there and see how much better or and or worse it is. I think we'd get a lot of hate mail if we didn't do it. Oh, we have to. It's one of those shows you have to do, you know? Yeah. All right, so let's get moving on to episode one of The Orville called Old Wounds. First episode, first season, episode one, of course. Came out September 10th, 2017. The cast of characters here, Seth MacFarlane. Uh, he's Captain Ed Mercer, the divorced 40-something-year-old guy in charge of The Orville. <clears throat> Adrian Palicki is Commander Kelly Grayson, his ex-wife who had sex with a Smurf, <laughs> basically. <laughs> basically is what it is. Penny Johnson-Gerald plays Dr. Claire Flynn. Of course, the ship's captain, uh, ship's doctor there. Scott Grimes, if you've seen him, I've seen him all over the place, and I like him. Lieutenant Gordon Malloy, he's the navigator, is Peter Mackin, McCon, is Lieutenant Commander Bordas, the strange, emotionless uh, creature. I can't even think what, what he is actually right now. Uh, Alston Sage plays Lieutenant Alara Katan. Katan? Katan? Do you remember? Katan? Katan? I don't remember. She's the very young looking, super strong. Alien who gets booted up the chain because her species really doesn't apply for. I don't. I'm trying not to use Star Trek terms here. <laughs> what are they? I can't think what it's called, but apply to the space thing, whatever the heck it is. The Academy? I guess so. We'll say the Academy. We're not sure here. I should have written down all these these certain words that they use. Yeah. Uh, Jay Lee plays John Lamar, who is also on the bridge. He's, uh, he's not the navigator. I don't know what the hell he does. He's a helmsman. Helmsman. So he's the other guy. And Mark Jacob Jackson is the android species robot thingy guy. Science engineering officer. Yes. I didn't should have wrote that down. Anyway, first episode written, of course, by Seth MacFarlane himself, directed by John Favreau. Uh, this is the episode where, you know, Seth MacFarlane's character gets the ship and uh they go on a mission. And uh, we meet up with the alien Krill, the bad guys in this show, as they try to steal a time accelerator. What are your thoughts of this show? I mean, like you, you go right into it. You you go, you know Seth MacFarlane, you know Family Guy. You got science fiction here. What are you expecting when you walk walk into the show? Well, I mean, all the all the previews before this made it seem like it was over the top funny, like a Family Guy in space, right? But, you know, once we got into this world, we found out the funny was there, but it wasn't, you know, the whole entire episode. So right. I was pleasantly surprised. And, uh, you know, I was thinking more like Galaxy Quest, and I feel like that came close, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, I was expecting that, too. I mean, I saw, the tra I saw the trailers, and, you know, everything else Seth MacFarlane has done has pretty much been Family Guy-esque, you know? I mean, uh, what, A Million Ways to Die in the West? live action movie he did 
which I was scared it was going to be like that because that movie kind of bombed because I think they overdid the comedy. It had so much potential in my head. I'm like, oh, this could be amazing. But no. Yeah. So I'm, I was really worried, but I think Seth MacFarlane has a love for Star Trek, so he didn't want to tarnish that, mm-hmm. even though this is not Star Trek, but it, you can basically say it's Star Trek. See, I was expecting this more towards the. Uh, we talked about this in previous shows. Red Dwarf. I was expecting it to more be a a, a comedy show set in space, instead, right. instead of a space show with some comedy. Hmm. Which were which were you leaning, or which one do you prefer? After watching this again, I think I prefer the comedy show in space. Oh, really? Okay. Uh, I don't know if he's gonna, you know, hone his writing skills, but it felt like. It was like, I got a great science fiction episode here. Okay, where can I put the little jokes in? Mm-hmm. It kind of felt like, you know, you had like a conversation going on and then all of a sudden, like Seth MacFarlane would say something just to throw a joke in there. And it was like, uh, kind of threw you off a little bit. Yeah. But I kind of, I kind of dug how it's half and half and not, you know, comedy full time. Oh, I agree. <laughs> I think, um, I think that if the comedy was more organic to the show and not, it seems kind of forced a little bit. Oh, you think it's forced in the Orville? I, th- I think of Galaxy Quest. Galaxy Quest, the comedy was more, more natural to the to the movie. I think that was in the writing. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the thing. I I think if uh, Seth McFar- if Seth MacFarlane got somebody else to help him, maybe hone this up a little bit. I think it would have been even a better show. It's a good show. Don't get me wrong. Hmm. What do you think of the the krill the the <laughs> the bad guys? I guess we're gonna call them like the Klingons or something of the show. When I think when I see krill, I think of that movie Krill. Isn't wasn't there like a eighties movie? Was it Krull? I thought it was Krull. Krull, sorry, Krull. Yeah, Krull. Yeah, yeah. Um, they're fine. I guess they they they're serviceable aliens with their big heads and uh, you know over aggressive <laughs> nature. Yeah, they're Klingons. Yeah, I will, yeah, they, they didn't impress me too much, but you know, they were good enough to start the show with at least. I mean, he can only do so much before he's ripping off Star Trek and they can sue him. <laughs> <laughs> I think we'll talk about that at the end of the episode, but yeah, I know where you're, I know where you're going with this. Um, what do you think of the whole idea of the time accelerator, the and the way they they defeated the Krill ship? I, I love the payoff of how they defeated the Krill ship. The uh, the jokes they did with the banana ray thing and. Does this work on all fruits? Mm-hmm. I thought that was a little, that was a little tongue in cheek funny, you know? Yeah. I mean, the whole idea of a oh, weekend's fast forward time, I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever. Seen that before, blah, blah, blah. But I love the way they destroyed the ship with the, with the seed and they gave yeah. them the codes and all of a sudden you know, happy Arbor day. Right. That Arbor day thing like sold it though. That, that was hilarious. <laughs> I love it. It's like, to, to me, that was very original in sci-fi. I don't think I've ever seen anything done like that before. Right. Um, the weird thing is the, the references, cause sometimes they pop references like Papa Smurf and stuff like that, that we know, but we're, I was thinking for someone in that century, are they really going to know Papa Smurf? Thank you. Know? you. That's the one thing about this show is like, it's the 25th century, but apparently they know everything about the 20th and 21st century. Yeah. Yeah. That was the thing. I was like, I'm like, okay guys, you're kind of making references to things that we know about, but 500 years, 400 years from now, I don't think they're going to know what Papa Smurf is. I think it's just catering to the viewing audience. Yeah, well, I mean, they could go. Well, you're gonna bring it back to Star Trek. They could go the Star Trek way and make up stuff from the future, 
you know, like right. like Khan was from the future, from some future battle and stuff like that. They could have always done something like that. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I th- you like you're right. I think that's like a fan service. It's like, well, we need to put the comedy in there, so let's make a reference to something we know now. You know, mm-hmm. they could have made it like an Altarian blue headed monkey butt or something like that. And be like, I don't understand. That's not funny. We don't know what you're talking about. Right. But Papa Smurf, everyone knows Papa Smurf. Yeah, I mean, it, it gets right <laughs> to the punchline. Yeah. So, I mean, I thought it was a good at first episode. I think it was too. Um, you can definitely tell that they were trying stuff out. You know, throwing stuff against the wall and seeing what sticks. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure we'll talk about the next episode, but they they changed some people's looks a little bit. Right. Well, yeah, we'll talk, we'll bring that up in the second episode. You 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 found you found something really interesting about yeah. that today. We'll talk about that in, in next week's episode when we get to to it. But let's 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 take a look at all the characters on the show here. The main characters. I mean, Seth MacFarlane plays base Ed Mercer, which is what Seth MacFarlane. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's it's Seth MacFarlane doing his 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 you know silly jokes and whatever. Like, oh, okay, we've got Bordis, who is basically like the Klingon from TNG, is what I'm thinking. Uh, yeah, that's basically Worf. He has no no sense yeah. of humor. Right. It's like okay, you're just a big brown, I don't know, elephant skinned creature of some sort. <laughs> One sex though. Yeah, we'll talk about that in the next episode. That was that's an interesting thing. That's going to come up in a few episodes from now. But I, I, I want to talk about that a little bit later. I think that's going to be a great thing. Okay. Uh, Alara Katan, who is uh, the chief of security, a very young from the Zelayan race, which has a high gravity planet, which means she has greater than human strength. I can kind of, kind of buy that, but then wouldn't it wear off eventually? <laughs> you, know, or, or, you know what's going to happen? They're going to go to a planet that has high gravity. Right. You know, and they'll be all in suits where she'd be like, I can't lift anything. Yeah. Open this jar of pickles for me. I can't open this pickles for you. I'm sorry. That pickles line was pretty funny. It, it was. <laughs> well, I loosened it for you. Yeah, there's a line in the show. We'll talk about it. I mean, <laughs> spoilers here. Where where the, where the captain's trying to open this big like vault door. And he can't budge it, of course. So he asks her to open it. And she literally rips the door and part of the wall off the hinges. He's like, well, I loosened it for you. Yeah. I thought that was perfect. Timing. That was probably the funniest line in the whole episode. I think. Yeah. Uh, the, I, I don't know. I, I caught the Bopsy twins here. You got a uh, Lieutenant Lamar and uh, uh, Lieutenant Malloy. The, the two guys at the front of the ship. They're the helmsmen. Hmm. I mean, they look like they're gonna be the best of buddies in the show. I mean, that's what they are in the other show in Star Trek. The two in the front. Yeah. But we never saw it in Star Trek. Here we see more of them, you know, hanging out. And mm-hmm. I, I did love uh, when uh, when Lamar met Malloy for the first time, and he's like, "Yeah, it's been a while since I've been, you know, been a helmsman." It's like, "What'd you do?" He's like, "Oh, I, uh, you know, I, uh, I, I let my my brother film porn in one of the shuttles for some pills." And yeah. he's just like, "What?" I'm like, okay, I like that. <laughs> That's a good way to introduce yourself to somebody. Yeah. And then I think the other big one on the show here would be Isaac, the uh, science and engineering officer, an artificial non-biological race from Kalon 1. A.K.A. Data. Data, yeah. You know, they didn't call it a ro- him a robot or anything like that. Yeah. I mean, it <laughs> felt like a ripoff of Data. I mean, he sounds like Data, mm-hmm. which is kind of creepy. Um, the guy who is underneath the suit doesn't even have that accent. I think another person voices the accent. 
Yeah, I would. Yeah, that's the thing, though. I mean, if you had the guy under the suit, you'd have to have like a microphone to to actually do it, or eh, that'd be too much of a hassle. Yeah, it's like okay, just turn like this and let's keep going. Right. All right. So I'm watching this episode first time. I turn the episode on. Can you tell me how close could they get to Star Trek without being Star Trek? I mean, they can get pretty close. You just can't use the names or characters. Yeah, I mean, huh? yeah, I mean that's the thing. They they really got right to the edge there. Yeah, uh, the, the look, but the the look of the show, the music, the characters. I mean, the music and everything is TNG. <clears throat> oh, exactly. Yeah, I mean exactly like TNG. I mean, I mean, obviously he did this as an homage to to Star Trek. He actually approached. I read that he approached them Paramount, and he wanted to reboot TNG, you know, make another show just like that. And they kind of turned him down. So that's why he went to Fox and like, I'll just make my own. Right. You know? Of course, Fox owns him pretty much. So do everything at Fox. Yeah. I just can't believe he can do this and family guy and all the other shows he does. Well, I do know for a fact, cause I've heard him do interviews that for like family guy and stuff like that. He doesn't have as much input as you think he does. He does all the voices of the, of, you know, the characters on the show that he does. I think he does assist in the writing, but whenever there's like a main secondary character, he has his hands involved in it. If someone comes up with some throwaway character, he doesn't care about. So he doesn't really do as much as we think he does in that show. Well, he's got American Dad, and he also has that uh, Cleveland show. Cleveland's gone. Oh, did that get pulled? Yeah, that's why Cleveland's back on Family Guy. Okay. So he's got this show now, which I'm assuming this is probably the one that takes most time out of his, you know, his week. Well, yeah, because the other one, he can just record his lines. This one, he has to act and write and direct. So. Yeah. One thing I hope we never see in the show, talking about his voice, I hope he never does any of voices. No. I, I, I mean, not even, not even talk about like family guy voices. It's just I don't want him to do any voices, period. Even though that would be kind of funny, it, it wouldn't be cool. No, no. I don't no, I don't want to be reminded family guy exists out there. Right. Different Fair universes. Enough. And if he... Put, makes fun of Family Guy in the show that breaks it. Yeah, don't yeah, <laughs> don't even acknowledge a Family Guy or any of that stuff because don't even pretend to acknowledge it exists. You know, you know, Fox probably asked them though, like, can you just mention Family Guy so people will watch it? No, because you know the commercial. I think the commercial probably said Seth MacFarlane from Family Guy or Family Guy Seth MacFarlane presents. You know, that's yeah, but it's gonna be on Sunday nights anyway. I think so. Right after the football game. Yeah. And what else is on Sunday nights? Family Guy. That's true. So that, yeah. so you're getting that audience anyway. Right. <clears throat> Excuse me. Right. What did you think about the whole Ed and Kelly, you know, are, are divorced and working with each other angle? Did you like that? Do you think it was dumb? Cookie cutter. I mean, it's nothing original we've seen before. Oh, we have? I mean, we've seen that. I mean, come on. You've seen the will they, won't they? storyline yeah. on other shows. I mean, I'm obviously not in sci-fi, but mm. I think it adds a bit of tension, which, you know, could result in comedy. Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty much, you know, Ed Mercer says, uh, makes all these jokes about their divorce and stuff. Yeah. Oh, you're going to bring that up again. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm um, all in all, I think this was a good episode. It's a good way to start the show. It, it made me definitely want to come back to watch more. 
Oh, definitely. I was hooked from, from the first episode. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was too. It's, it, like I said, if it was family guy in space, it was over with. Yeah. I agree. All right. So that's it for this week's episode. I want to thank Brian for being here and Brian, where can we find you online? Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram. It's at Brian says. And of course, you can always reach us and send us feedback on this show and all the movies and everything else we talk about over at Sci-Fi Watcher at SaveProductions.com. We'll release these episodes every Friday morning, so make sure you head over to SaveProductions.com slash Sci-Fi Watcher. Subscribe to the feeds over there so you get a brand new episode every Friday. And of course, make sure you check out our regular episode every week. Want to let you know that we will be back again next week for episode two of The Orville. And until that time, hope you guys have a good one.